Three Strands is growing, and our ministries are doing big things for Jesus. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, visit us at threestrands.church. Well, we're, we're very excited to finally be in Kentucky. Me and my wife started interviewing with, uh, with Kenny and Dave just a couple months ago, and we really felt like God was finally calling us to Kentucky. I, I really haven't been to Kentucky much, and as we were pulling in for the first time, I was like, oh, is God really calling us to Kentucky? So after a lot of, a lot of prayer and, and discernment, uh, we, we finally decided to make the move to Kentucky. Uh, as we got started, we, we started packing up our one-bedroom, uh, one-living-room apartment. We thought, you know, we, we don't have that much stuff, but as we were packing, I don't know if any of you have moved before, but as we were packing, we started to realize we had a lot more stuff than we even figured. And we, we had to keep going to uh, our local hardware store, getting more and more boxes to put stuff in. Now, we, were go- we did know we were moving to a bigger house, so we decided to get some furniture pieces that we fi- found on sale for the bigger house. And my dad went ahead and rented the U-Haul for us, not anticipating that we were getting more furniture. So he rented a 15-foot U-Haul, and in the grand scheme of things, uh, in the U-Haul perspective, that is a very small U-Haul. And as we were packing it up, about halfway through, we realized there's no way we're going to get everything in this U-Haul. So he, he calls up U-Haul. He's like, hey, you know, we're, we don't want to unpack this truck. We, we played like Tetris to even get this far. We need something else. So do you have a trailer? And the person on the other end was like, absolutely. We got one trailer left, and it's about 15 minutes away from you. So he, he takes the U-Haul, he, he drives down there, picks, or gets there, and he notices the workers are working on the lights. And, he, and he's like, what, what's going on? They're like, well, one of the brake lights isn't really working, so we can't really give it to you. He's like, are you kidding me? It's like getting late at night. Most of the U-Haul places are closing. What are we going to do? Now, where we lived was about 20 minutes from Iowa, and they said, we'll help you find another trailer. And they, they looked and looked, and they finally found one 40 minutes into Iowa. And at this point, it was already at 7.30 at night. And I told my friends at 3.30 that it was just going to take about an hour to get everything loaded. They were good friends for really staying there and, and helping. So my dad hops in the U-Haul, went and picked up this trailer 40 minutes into Iowa, comes back, and we finally finished packing everything up. And I I was like, God was clearly opening a lot of doors for us to move here. So why why is all this happening all at once with this moving situation? It doesn't seem like it's going very smooth. Is the enemy is throwing a lot at us already. Are we really called to come to Kentucky? Uh, next morning, we start driving out, and we get to a gas station, and we, we get some gas, and we, we park, and we start to go inside to go uh, get some lunch, and Emma comes up behind me and was like, well, we have a little bit of a problem. I locked uh, my keys in the car. I was like, are you kidding me? Come on. And uh, I was like, what are we going to do? Um, now, this was not the first time she's done that, so I know in prior times, we usually just call the police. Uh, they have the little tool that can get behind the window and, and get it open. 
but we asked the gas attendant, like, uh, you know, can we, can we just get a sheriff down here and get it open? She's like, well, since we are in a very small town, they don't come on duty till like five o'clock at night. I was like, well, that's not good. But uh, so I, I, t- I talked to my dad, and he had U-Haul uh, roadside a service. They said, we'll send someone out to help you, but we, we're not sure how long it will be. In the meantime, we're standing by the car, looking like we have nowhere to go, eating our subway, and, and this guy pulls up. He's like, hey, hey, I, I have a, if I had my truck, I would have the tool to open that for you, but I don't have my truck. So I was like, well, that, that doesn't really help us. He's like, but I do have some nylon string. He's like, it's super strong, and I've done this in Canada before. I was like, I don't know if I should trust you. But he, he, he puts the string between the window and the door, works its way down, and he, and he messes with the lock, and he actually uh, misses it the first time. He walks away acting like, you know, just you keep trying it, and good luck. Then he comes back five minutes later. I could tell he's one of the guys who really wanted to get it done. He came back. He was like, no, I'm going to try it again. And he, he messes with it a little more, and he finally gets it. He's like, boom, see, I told you I was good at it. I was like, well... <laughs> I was like, all right, but anyway, we, we get in the car, and, and we get it back in the U-Haul, and we start driving, and eventually, it just starts pouring rain, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. It was getting to the point where you almost need to pull over because you can't really see much. Emma started swerving a little bit. It was just too much rain. I was like, God, are you really calling us to come to Kentucky? And today, what I really want to focus on is when is God calling you? When is God calling us, and how, and, and how are we going to go about it? When are we supposed to act on it? What are we supposed to do? How do we know when God is calling us? But before I even move in to di- three different steps we're going to look at today, I really want to emphasize, because some of you might be turning off right now and saying, no, calling is only when you're called to go to the mission field. Calling is only when you're called to go into ministry or go and move to a different state. No, 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 no. Calling can be simply going to the gas station and helping someone in need. God has given us each tools and gifts that are unique to ourselves that we can use for his calling to help others. It can be as simple as just going to the nursing home and and helping out and, and just talking to others in that situation. We never know what God is going to call us to do, but how do we know when God is calling us and how do we know when God is calling us? We're going to look at actually a Bible character today in the Old Testament who's going to walk through three steps with us today, and we're going to see how he walked through each step and how we can relate these steps to our own lives to know when God is calling us. The first step we're going to go be looking at is we need to have a strong relationship with God so that way we are able to hear when he is giving us a plan, when he's able to hand us our calling. And the second step is we're going to be looking at having faith in that plan that God gives us. And third is going to be acting on that faith and acting on that calling that God is giving us. Go ahead and open your Bibles with me to Revelation. We're going to actually start in the very last book of the Bible, Revelation. Go ahead and open that up. We're going to move to our first step, which is having a strong relationship with God so that way we can hear and be ready for that calling. 
Turn with me, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. It should be on the screen as well. It says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. There's a, I, why I picked this verse is because it's an amazing illustration of God simply standing at your door. I want you to take this illustration and really put it into your own life. Just imagine your own home and God standing at your door. Notice God is not standing far away. He's not going to your neighbor's house. No, he's standing at your door knocking. He wants a relationship with each and every one of us, and he's willing to wait until you open the door. There's a lot of times sacrifices that have to be made. And to just give you a couple ideas, sometimes, you know, you might hear that knock on the door from God, ready for that relationship, and then you feel like you're ready for that relationship. You go to that door and you open it, and, you, and he's like, I'm ready for a relationship, but you know what? You're going to have to break up this friendship that you have right now. And that might make you, make you a little uncomfortable to the point where you're like, maybe, maybe next time, and you shut the door. Or sometimes, you know, you're ready for that relationship and, and you go back to that door and you open it up and he's like, you know, I need you to spend more time with your family and less time with your job. But, but you're not good with that. So then you close that door again and said, sorry, maybe next time. But a lot of times in our culture, we already know that God might ask us something that we don't want to do so we find ourselves sitting on the couch, not even going to answer the door. God wants a relationship with us. But it is interesting, when we are needing something, when trials start to hit our lives, that we are willing to fly off the couch and open that door and say, hey, I'm ready for that relationship with you. I'm ready to, to do a two-way relationship here, to have an open-door relationship with you. Because I'm going through something right now, and you can help me through it. It's interesting to me in culture and our society today, that's when a lot of people choose to open the door and keep it open for a little bit. But it's also interesting to me how fast they will shut that door when God eventually may give them what they're asking for. You know, God, please heal me. Perfect, you healed me. All right, maybe now... I want to go back to my own life, and you shut that door back on him. It's just interesting to me how many times we don't have an open-door relationship with God. I want you to really take that today and really focus on that open-door relationship. When we have an open-door relationship with God, we're able to hear what he has to say. We're able to listen to what he is going to give us. But I don't know if any of you have tried to yell through a door before and try to hear what someone else is saying. It's like muffled and you can't even understand what they're saying. That's kind of what God, he's standing outside trying to, you know, tell you, you have a better calling. You have, you have gifts you, that I've given you. You just need to use them. But that door is shut and all you hear is blah, 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 blah. Nothing. We have to have an open door relationship with God. See, he gives us free will to do what we would like. He, when he created us in his image, he, he didn't create us as robots to do whatever he wants. 
No, he, he gave us free will so we can either choose to follow him or we can choose to follow what the world says. He, he wants that open door relationship. Notice the verse does not say, I stand at the door and knock, but then I barge my way in when you're not doing what I want you to. No, he stands and waits for you. He's waiting for that relationship so that way he can give you your calling and give you those and, and you already have those gifts and he can activate those gifts with you. Now, today we're going to be looking at a character who walks through each step with us to give you a biblical idea of how these steps worked and how we can use those in our own lives. And his name is Noah. And so now I, uh, you can get prepared here in just a second. Go ahead and turn to the total opposite side of the Bible. We're going to Genesis, give you a little handwork out on the Bible. Uh, Genesis chapter 6 is where we're going to be introduced to Noah. And at this point, when we're run, uh, meeting up with Noah, he's about 500 years old already. And at this point, um, he's been living and, and doing a faithful life. And go ahead, Genesis, we're going to run into Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. That says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. So what this is saying here is Noah was a faithful servant of God. He, he had an open door relationship with God. He was blameless and, and God saw that. He, and Noah put in the work to maintain that relationship. Because Noah had that relationship with God, he was able to hear what God was saying. He was able to listen for what God was going to tell him that his calling was going to be. Noah had a calling. God knew what that calling was. Noah didn't know what that calling was or what God had in store for him yet, but he was ready and willing to hear what that calling was going to be. Noah was ready and willing to know what that was going to be. So what happens is on the other side, Noah, Noah's walking on the path with God. He's, he's close. He's not veering off. He's not doing his own thing. No, he's staying firm. But in the meantime, the rest of the world at this point was in chaos. Go ahead and turn with me to Genesis chapter 6. Just jump down to verse 12. It said, God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on the earth had corrupted their own ways. So what happened here is the, everything that God created, these people realized they had free will. They realized that uh, drinking and partying and doing what they wanted to do was fun. So instead of following God like Noah was, they decided to move over here to where, what the world was doing and following what the world was doing to enjoy life. They wanted to do what they, what they wanted to do rather than what God wanted them to do. And God, we're going to see two different types of perspectives of God in this story. We're going to see the just side, which means he, he, his discipline, but we're also going to see the gracious side at the same time through this story of Noah's Ark. See, God was tired and fed up with this whole corrupt living style that these people had done, so he decided that he's going to wipe out everything and start over. But see, God could have decided to wipe out everything, including Noah and his family, but he chose not to. He instead saw that Noah was walking with him faithfully, 
and chose to give grace to him and his family. Noah was obedient to God. Noah had an open-door relationship with God. So he chose to keep Noah alive and that he would start the new world after he had wiped everything out. Noah was going to be the pinnacle of this new world after he had wiped everything out. Noah was ready for his calling. God knew what he was going to do. Noah still was trying to figure out, okay, God is tired of these, you know, God is tired of what's happening around me, but what is he going to do? What is my calling? What am I going to do in this world? So our first step is complete. Because Noah was walking faithfully, had that open-door relationship. He's ready to listen to God. He knows what God is going to be doing. He's going to be wiping out everything. But what is Noah's calling through it all? Noah still doesn't know what what is going to go on here. But see, as before we move to step two of having faith in God's plan, a lot of us in today's society will get stuck on this first step. Because we don't have that relationship with God, and we can't jump to step three without even having step one. We're going to have to have that firm relationship so that way we can keep moving through the steps, and we can't get lost. And maybe today as you're listening, you might be stuck on one of these steps, and I would encourage you to to move forward. But we're going to jump to step two, which is having faith in God's plan. So turn with me, Genesis chapter 6, verse 14 through 17. That says, so make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof of it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on the earth will perish. God is tired of seeing this corrupt world. He's going to wipe it out with a flood and start over. Now, Noah now hears what God is saying. God wants him to build an ark. Now, this would have been crazy for him because he didn't have DeWalt tools. He didn't have craftsman tools. All he had simply was old wooden tools he had to build this ark from. And to give you an idea of how big this ark would be, it'd be about 450 feet long and about 75 feet wide and about 45 feet tall. Other words, it's a one and a half football fields long. That was a big, massive boat for even our time today for him to build. So now, no one knows God's plan. He's not for exactly sure what he's going to be doing with this massive boat yet. We'll find that out in just a little bit. He's not sure, what does God have planned when I build this ark? Noah is going to have to put faith in God's plan. He now knows what God's plan is for him. He knows what his, his calling is going to be. He's, he's got to build this ark. He knows how he can go about doing it. It might take him a while, but this is where it's critical. He knows the plan now. He knows the calling. Me and Emma knew the calling to move to Kentucky. We have it laid out in front of us. Are we going to choose to run the opposite way? Are we going to choose to act on it? 
Some of us will get stopped on this step because we, we have it clear. We have a relationship with God. We understand what the calling is going to be, but we can still choose to turn and go the opposite way. God may be calling you to, to break off a friendship that's unhealthy. God may be calling you to quit your job right now to move to a different job that will be more beneficial for his work. We don't know what God has in store for us. And a lot of times when we hear that plan, we feel like it's going to be an inconvenience. And, and, and you know what happens is we end up shutting that door again. Because we now know God has given us this plan. God has now given Noah this plan for what he's going to do. Noah can choose to say, absolutely not. I'm going to go party with everybody else because there's no way I'm building this massive ark for me and my family. There's no way. What's the point? You know, there's no way that I can't, I can't build it. But we see that Noah didn't have any doubt in what God was saying. Noah was still walking faithfully and then he had faith in God's plan. What is faith? It's believing. It's simply believing in what God says is true. Trusting in God. Having faith in that plan. And turn with me. We're going to go ahead and jump down to our third and final step, which is acting on God's plan. Now, Noah now knows most of the plan, but not all yet. And it's going to, we're going to jump to Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. Noah did everything as God commanded him. So Noah, Noah's had this relationship with God. He's, he's put faith in God's plan. Now he's going to act. Now he's going to put everything that he's heard from God, and he's going to put action to it. He did exactly what God said. He starts building this massive ark. He starts, he's putting it together. Now, I don't know if any of you have seen that movie, like Evan Almighty, where his neighbors are like walking by and making fun of him and like, why are you building this massive boat? Like, what's the point of that? Um, Evan Almighty gives us kind of a, a, a cool perspective on, you know, imagine Noah's neighbors back then. You know, they would have been walking by like, this guy's crazy. Doesn't even have a power drill. Like, he can't even, he can't build this boat. What's the point? Is God really going to flood the earth and kill everyone? No, no way. That's not going to happen. And they just walk by. I'm sure Noah was made fun of so many different times. But then God still had more in store for what the ark was going to be used for. Jump with me to Genesis chapter 7, uh, 2 through 6. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. I will wipe from the face of the earth everything, earth, every living creature, I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters came on the earth. Now, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, God uh, says, okay, I need, I need these animals two by two to come onto the ark. That's why you're building this ark. You're going to uh, maintain the living creatures once this flood happens. But Noah now has to kind of learn to have more faith in this instance because God, he's going to rely on God to bring these animals to the ark. 
Noah is building the ark, and we see that through this verse because Noah's been working on it. But notice it said he was 600 years old at this point. That means that Noah has been working on this ark for around 100 years or so. And I know a lot of times in our lives, when we say something's going to be done in one month and it's already taking us three months and it's still not done, we get irritated. And sometimes we don't even want to finish it. Or sometimes we say it's just going to take one or two weeks and it ends up taking a year and we get irritated and we, get, and we stop and we don't move forward. But even imagine if, if Noah's you know, neighbors were walking by him and making fun of him, he still chose to keep building the ark over a hundred years. And the neighbors could have came up with like, yeah, there's no rain. Yeah, right. There's no flood. It's already been, what, 20 years? Like, no way. And, and Noah just stays at it. He stays consistent. He keeps his relationship strong. He has faith in God's plan, and he's acting on it. He doesn't give up. He sticks with each step. And so Noah is building this ark, and eventually God calls the animals, and he finishes the ark. He calls the animals, and Noah has his family get on board, and anybody who's willing to get on board, but no one does besides his family because they rather do what they, you know, they've been doing, partying, drinking, whatever they want, because it's easier, and they don't see anything wrong with it. And they don't see that God really has something in store that's not going to help them. Noah chose to act on God's plan. And what happens is God seals the door. Once all the animals in Noah's family are on board, he seals the door, and the rain begins. Forty days and forty nights. As kind of Tim Hawkins was saying in the video, it was not a pleasant scene. If you, you imagine all these animals and people, your neighbors perishing because they chose to follow the world. They chose to close the door on God. They chose to do what they wanted. And what that ultimately led to was perishing in the floodwaters. The door was closed to them because they did not choose God. A lot of times in our lives, we, you know, we might feel that we're running to that ark, and, and sometimes it could just be us getting stuck on something. We might be headed towards that ark, but instead we turn around and we go back to what we want to do. It's so easy to get stuck in this society, and we don't want to head towards the ark. We don't want to get on board like Noah did. Noah saw God's calling for him. But anyway, Noah, Noah is on this ark. He's, he's on the water. It's, it's raining, and, you know, a couple days pass, and then a, a couple more days pass, and then it's been 150 days. He's been on this ark with these animals for 150 days, and I don't know if any of you have been stuck in your home, especially during COVID, with your animals. You kind of wanted out, or you sent them out sometimes. He was stuck on this ark with every type of animal, 150 days. Now, it's interesting because he's acted on what God has called him to do, but what, what is next? He doesn't see what is next after that. So what happens is Noah actually has to take a step backwards real quick and put his faith back in what God is telling him, having faith that God has something more for him. 
Because he still doesn't see what's going on. He doesn't know, I've been on this ark for 150 days. What's happening next? So jump with me to Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth, and the water started to recede. So is this saying that Noah was just forgotten, God just forgot about him on the ark? No, 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 no. A lot of times in our lives, God calls us to have a waiting time in our life, or a waiting period for our calling. And some of us want our calling right here, right now, and and sometimes we have to wait for it. Even if our calling has started, there might be a period of time where it's another waiting period. Because see, Noah's, he's been faithful, he's walked with God, he's listened to God's plan, he's put faith in God's plan, and he's built the ark, but he's just floating on the water. What's next? What is he going to do? He's just floating on the water, but God doesn't forget him. God is just waiting and has something better in store for him. So eventually, Noah sends out a raven as, this, as these waters start to recede, the ark gets actually wedged on some mountains, and, and he sends out a raven, and it just flies around because there's nowhere to land. And eventually he sends out a dove, and after that dove, um, it, it flew out and came right back as well because there was nowhere to land. He sent the dove out again a few days later, and, and there was a twig in its mouth which means that the waters had kept receding and eventually sent the dove out for a third time and the dove did not come back. The waters had been, have receded and Noah is able to come off the ark. He opens the door and he comes out and is he able to see that God has delivered him from the flood, that God had his calling. He might have waited, but God delivered him ultimately from every perished person around, every perished animal. He did not perish because he had faith in what God's plan, his calling was. But it's interesting, okay, if, if you've been on an ark for 150 days, you know, the first thing I'd do is like, you know, go out and like hang out and just, and just chill. It's been a, a huge, long, exhausting experience. But no, it's interesting, the first thing Noah does is build an altar to the Lord and thanks him for delivering him from the flood. He doesn't walk out and start partying. He doesn't do what everything, everybody else was doing before the flood. No, right after he got off the ark, he built an altar and thanked God for his calling. And he thanked God for delivering him from this flood. And it's just interesting to me that he did that because it's so easy when we, when we get a calling from God and we're able to act on it, a lot of times after we act on our calling, we go right back to what we were doing. But Noah still had that open door relationship with God, and he remembered who had taken him through this calling, this experience, and he remembered who allowed him to be delivered. And after Noah had built this altar to God and to worship him and to thank him, jump with me to Genesis chapter 9, verse 16. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it 
and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. God sent a symbol to Noah that he will never flood the earth again. And he made that promise with the symbol of a rainbow so that Noah could see it, so that God can even see it. When, when, when that rainbow appears, God is reminded, living creatures, and even today, all of us, when seeing a rainbow, are reminded that God will never flood the earth again. But it's, and I also think it's a reminder to us that we all have a calling. We all have gifts that God has given us. But a lot of times we won't ever use those in our lifetime because we don't choose to take the steps like Noah did. We don't choose to take the steps and put in the work. We don't have that open door relationship with God to hear what he's going to say. We don't put faith in God's plan, and we especially don't even act on it. How are we going to fulfill God's calling through us if we don't even start at step one? I would encourage you today, if you don't have that relationship with God to, to go back after the service today and, and, and just read through the story of Noah. We didn't have enough time to go through every detail of the story today, but I encourage you to because it's an incredible story. That if, you, if you've already heard it or if you've never heard it, it's an incredible story to learn about Noah's faith. In Hebrews 11, it talks about Noah having faith through this experience. It sounds crazy to us to go out and move to the mission field, but that's, you know, that, that could be equivalent to what Noah would have had to dealt with to build this ark. It sounded crazy, but he did it. He had, he had trust, he had faith in God. And as we were driving down the road, um, <clears throat> we were driving down and, to Kentucky, and I, after the rain had, had cleared up, I, I noticed... I looked up and I, I took a picture of it. Um, God, God put a rainbow up, and I knew exactly what I should talk about today. It was our calling for each and every one of you. Do you have a relationship with God? And if not, start there. And we would be happy, any, any minister here would be happy to walk th with you through those steps. So that way you can discover your calling through God. Have that open door relationship with him today. And find out what your calling is. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful time that we get to come together and, and really focus on your word and, and focus on our calling that you've given us. God, I pray that as we go out today, we, we focus on the story of Noah and see that he, he had a deep relationship with you. He didn't stray off like his neighbors did. He didn't, he didn't just walk away and choose to do what the world wanted him to do. No, he stayed faithful to you, God. I pray that we, we follow these steps. We, we have that strong relationship. We, we listen for your plan. And when that plan's given to us, we have faith in it. And when we have faith in it, we act on it. So that way, others around us can, 
can really feel God's presence through each and every one of us. I pray that each and every one of us go out today and start on step one. In Jesus' name.